I was you can the one blaming him with that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. Oh, your team sucks, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking, blasphemous. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Daft Picks remotely this time. Today it is just Parker and myself. Parker, won't you say hello? Hey, what's up? Okay, we're recording a group chat, so apologies for any uh, poor voice connection. With that out of the way, and without further ado, we haven't had much news because of the coronavirus. All the sports are shut down, but a lot of NFL news has come out. Yeah, a lot of leagues have been indefinitely postponed for the year, probably because a lot of those leagues were already in play. But the NFL season hasn't started yet, so right now we're still in the off-season free agency period. So that has been going on, but that has been going on for the most part remotely. But teams have been making transactions, doing a lot of trades, and signing free agents and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so far I haven't heard about any impact to the actual draft itself. Well, I just read a story this morning that they might be doing it remote. Oh, iconic. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Which we'll get to that a little later in the show regarding the NHL. I had a little point I wanted to bring up about remote drafts. We'll get to that. Yeah, we could get to that in a little bit. So, of course, the big news this week is Tom Brady no longer plays for the Patriots. Yeah, fun fact, I actually made a bet involving Tom Brady. And, again, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I have firmly planted my feet in the ground saying that Tom Brady is going to be a Patriot for his whole career. There's no way he's going to leave the Patriots. No way he's going to leave on a pick six. Until he did. And totally he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of days ago. Two years, $50 million. $30 million guaranteed? Yeah, $30 million, yeah. And so I bet my beard on that. So I'm currently baby-faced, and I hate it. Oh, this, is the second time, this is the second time I've bet my beard involving Tom Brady, and I really need to stop. Well, so he gets to go play for the Buccaneers, which, I mean... What a weird team to pick. I mean, I, they're not bad, but they're not good. There's a couple of reasons why a lot of free agents sometimes choose to play in Florida. And not just because <laughs> Florida teams are generally really bad and give them a lot of money. No it's taxes. That, yeah, no income tax. And yeah. Tampa Bay, they have a pirate ship in Raymond James Stadium that fires cannons every time they score. And I think that's awesome. It's a gimmick. But I think it's really fun, and I wish more people like cared about that. But the Buccaneers aren't good, so no one really cares about that. But I think that's fun. I mean, I guess it can't be too hard to sell professional athletes on moving to South Florida and playing a sport. I, I imagine mean, there's harder sells out there. I mean, Miami uh, used to be known as the place where players at the end of their careers would go. See, I can't, ironically, now it's the place where careers go to end yeah <laughs> yep both literal ends yeah. or just plain bad players so that should be interesting to see i mean he's not tom brady from 2012 he's not tom brady from 2015 he's tom brady of 2020 which is an nfl quarterback i'd still say a high-end nfl quarterback but not top five anymore oh know? yeah he's clearly not top five anymore but <laughs> me personally I really like this signing the Bucks did. It finally gives them legitimacy at the quarterback position, which they haven't really had since, I would say, Brad Johnson way back in like 2001, 2002, when they won the Super Bowl. 
the thing is with the Bucks, Tom Brady now has two of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, to throw to. He has a very good defense, you know, Shaq Barrett. Like, Shaq Barrett had, like, 19 and a half sacks last year, and that was nuts. I never heard of this guy before. He was always a solid player, but he just, like, blew up last year, and I, I could definitely see that continuing. He has a lot more around him with the Buccaneers than what he had with the Patriots. Patriots, he had Julian Elliman and Bill Belichick, and... That's basically it. You that's know? basically it. <laughs> that's I mean, I mean, yeah. that's that's not to say like you know Devin McCourty and like Dante Hightower aren't good. It's just that he didn't have a lot of pieces on the offense to help him. While with the Bucks, head coach Bruce Arians is we all know he's a quarterback whisperer. He's one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. We saw that with Carson Palmer when he was the head coach and he was the quarterback over with the Cardinals. You know, Carson Palmer when he left the Raiders, people thought he was washed up. Like, okay, he's going to start for like maybe one or two years with the Cardinals and he's going to retire. And Bruce Arians made this guy look like a god. Do you remember that Cardinals team from like 2013 to 2016? I mean, I remember Carson Palmer was really good on that. It was nuts. It was nuts. It was just, he would just throw the ball like 80 yards, like every play. Like it was, it was a vertical offense and it was almost unstoppable. Tom Brady is not known for being a vertical attacker, but this, I think, I think the Buccaneers could be Super Bowl bound, or at the very least a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I have them going anywhere between two and two and fourteen, or and four and twelve, or what, whatever the new game is going to add on five and twelve. I guess I really don't think they're going to be that good. I don't believe in that defense. I don't think Tom Brady's going to fit in immediately. I think you need to give him a couple weeks to get into that. And uh, unless they draft somebody really good, I don't really see them improving that much. I don't think a 42-year-old quarterback does that much for you, unfortunately. I agree. I mean, he's 42. I think he's going to be... I think he's 43, actually. Yeah, I think so. We're uh, close to it. Regardless, he doesn't need to play that well with the Buccaneers for the Buccaneers to be a good team. When they we'll won the only Super Bowl, it was with Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson was a career game manager. Tom Brady's better than a game manager, even at 42, 43. I mean, yeah, but I still don't see... I, I'm not a big believer in the fact that he's going to come in. I think Brady wants to show that he's not just a Belichick guy, that he could be his own player without Belichick, and that's fair. And I, He obviously could be. I just don't think at 42, 43, he's going to be. At least not how he thinks that his mind is going to be. You know, he, he still thinks that he... It, I, I think Tom Brady really thinks that he could still do anything. And that's just obviously not true. I mean, the Buccaneers went 7-9 last year with a quarterback that threw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. If Jameis Winston threw 10 less interceptions, the Buccaneers would have been a playoff team. Yeah, well, if I had a real time to it, but that doesn't matter. Tom Brady's not going to throw for 30 touchdowns, but he's not going to throw for 30 picks either. We don't know that for sure. I I don't want to see What are you going to do? Are you going to bet your beer to get on it? Uh, What I will say is Tom Brady is not known for turning over the football. Correction. Tom Brady in his prime and later years is not known for turning over the football. 43-year-old Tom Brady hasn't played yet. Right, but 42-year-old Tom Brady has played. While he has uh, declined, it's obvious he has declined. That is a fact. He still a hasn't, He hasn't declined enough for it to be a problem. A new system versus a system you've played in your whole life is going to be a big shock to the system itself. I really don't think it's going to work out. But I guess we'll, we'll see. Well, Bruce Arians runs a very quarterback-friendly system. I mean, 
before he worked with Carson Palmer, he worked with Peyton Manning. Like, obviously, he didn't make Peyton Manning good, but it was sort of like a symbiotic relationship between the two where they both sort of made each other better. If that makes sense, because when Peyton Manning started his career, he wasn't super good. It wasn't until, like, maybe year three, year four was when he really started playing very good. And that All was I'm saying with, is, uh, that was with Bruce Arians. But yeah, I remember in 2015 when Carson Palmer got injured, like he tore his ACL or whatever. The Cardinals were like, they were like 8-0 and or like 8-1 and or something. And then their backup, Drew Stan, had to come into play. And then he went like 5-0. and And then he got injured. And Drew Stan, we know, when he used to play, he was a career game manager. Like he wasn't that good. But it wasn't until they had to put in their number three, Ryan Lindley, was when, like, the magic started to wear off. But it's, like, it sort of goes, like, Bruce Arians, for the most part, makes his quarterbacks a lot better than they are without him. And I think we're going to see that with Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's going to put in a pretty good season. He actually has a lot of talent around him on the offense. We'll definitely see. Moving on, there's obviously some other big name signings. Not as big a name as Tom Brady, at least not for name value. Philip Rivers for the Colts. That's an odd one. I don't know how much I like that one either. Well, you, you gotta remember, Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator for a couple seasons when he was with the Chargers. So he's going to a system he's already familiar with. The Colts actually have an offensive line. They don't just have an offensive line. They have one of the best in the NFL, which is something he never had with the Chargers. They have a very good defense. I think it could be interesting because Philip Rivers is a gunslinger. We all know this. He did turn over a lot last year, but he also didn't really have a good team. I mean, so, we'll definitely see with him, too. I think he'll be an, an exercise in patience as well. I don't know, man. T.Y. Hillen, him and Phil Rivers, that might be a deadly combination. We also had uh, Melvin Gordon switching teams, too, right? Yeah, that I don't understand at all. He just signed with the Broncos, but the Broncos already have two running backs in Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, right, yeah. So are they going to try to bring back the triple threat, or are they, what are they going to do? Because I feel like that's just going to create a logjam in the backfield. Well, I feel like if you use Gordon as a hybrid, I mean, he's played out a wide receiver quite a few times in his career. He could definitely be a potent, like, slot guy. Well, right. And that's what but, a hybrid, you know? But that's what they have Phil Lindsay for. You know what they say, you can never have too much of a good thing. Right, but you could have a log jam and people, for lack of a better word, bitching about touches. I think everything's going to work out for them. I don't really see a problem with that. Although, I think, to be fair, the 49ers have three running backs, so it's like, I don't know, maybe it's a new thing. We uh, will definitely see. As far as big names that haven't signed, do you think we're going to see Antonio Brown back again or not? No, not until he gets this whole situation resolved. I mean, I think as of right now, it's too much of a headache for the league to deal with. And I think he knows if he does sign with the team, he's going to get suspended immediately. Probably, yeah, So that's fair. it's like he needs to wait for this whole situation to uh, die off. We don't know when that's going to happen, but until that does, no one's going to sign him. He's also not played in a calendar year, and he's already almost 30, so... I mean, you got to remember the Saints tried signing him last year before the playoffs. And, well, they brought him in for a workout. And Sean Payton was like, hey, don't put this on social media. Don't make this about you. And you <laughs> that's exactly what he did. And Sean Payton's like, okay, get out of here. So, I mean, like, yeah. if he can't follow a simple direction like that, how is he going to be a reliable member of an offense? 
Right. Which, I mean, it gives it gives a lot of credit to Mike Tomlin how he handled it all these years, you know? Yeah, Mike Tomlin, I always felt, was a really underrated head coach. I mean, a lot of times with teams, we see them trying to go after the hot name, like the hot offensive whiz kid, guru. You know, we saw that with Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. We, we see us all the time. And then we also see defensive guys like Vic Fangio, who are Not incredible on defense. But it's like, they don't really worry about the offense because they have an offensive coordinator to deal with that. But then when that offensive coordinator becomes a, an offensive wonderkund who wants to get hired by every team, suddenly they have to keep replacing him like every year, every two, every three years, and the offense never has continuity. Right. In my opinion, the best head coaches are the ones that just serve as like a manager that oversees the entire team. And right. that's I, I what yeah. Mike Tomlin does. His biggest thing was there was a time when that locker room had Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Three, I don't want to call divas, but guys with big personalities. And it's a big credit. He was able to keep those three in the same locker room for as long as he did. There's not many coaches that could do that. Right. Moving on to a, a trade that I wanted to discuss. Darius Slay to the Eagles. That's a pretty big one, too. Yeah. I know last year they were shopping Slay at the deadline. They were looking for like two first round picks or something like that. Yeah, and... I think Slay, we talked about it on the show before. I personally see him as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. So, have you seen that article about him and Patricia? How, like how the relationship broke um, down? I saw that they weren't on good terms, but I didn't actually read the article. So Patricia, back in his first season as coach, actually told Slay he wanted him to stop working out with other like elite quarterbacks such as Richard Sherman, and he he basically told them, "Hey, I don't want you working out with these other like elite guys because you're not elite. You're you're good. You're not elite. I want you to play with guys your skill level." That's uh, uh, I mean, Slay obviously had a good point. He's like, "Well, how? I mean, listen, I'm trying to get better. How am I going to get better? If you don't view me as elite, how do you want me to get better? Other than playing with people who are better than me, you know what I mean?" He makes a really good point. So I, I think mean, he'll work a lot better in the Eagles system. I mean, first off, I think Matt Patricia is very wrong. I think Darius Slay is one yeah. of the best corners in the NFL. The oh, thing, yeah. The only thing working against them is that the Detroit Lions have never been relevant. So that's one of the smallest media markets in the NFL. If Darius right. Slay played for, like, the Cowboys or the Giants or, like, the Steelers, he would oh. be, like, a first-team All-Pro every season. Yeah. He's one of the best ball-hawking cores in the NFL. Last year, he had, like, eight picks or something like that. He led the league in picks in 2017. Yeah, I mean, he, he made a Pro Bowl appearance uh, this past year, literally playing some of the worst football of his career. But the underlying numbers showed that he was actually, like, treading water when he should have been drowning. Like, he was actually playing extremely well. It was just that's how bad the rest of the defense was. Yeah. yeah I've personally said before, I think Matt Patricia is a horrible coach. Not to get too far off topic, that same article, he questioned one of the other Lions players on when Ford Field was built, and he and he reamed him out for when he didn't understand, when he didn't know when it was built. Like that's not the the best thing I saw was somebody say, "Yeah, I'm all about instilling values on the team and like our our history. How about we go better than two and six first in our first couple games?" Like you know what I mean? Yeah, Matt Patricia might be in over his head. He's one of those guys that I think's better off as a coordinator than as a head coach, which isn't a bad yeah. thing. There are really great coordinators in the NFL. Wasn't he the defensive coordinator for the Patriots? Yeah, like, he, was, he, he was the yeah. defensive coordinator for the Patriots for, like, forever. I mean, he was a great coordinator, but he's just not a good head coach. And you know what? Hey, that happens. Wade Phillips, one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. When he was a head coach, he was awful. Sometimes that happens. 
we'll definitely see. I mean, there's a lot of names going around, too. And as we get closer to the draft, I'm sure you'll see even more. Yeah. And with this trade, the Eagles kind of got a steal because they only sent over a third and fifth round pick. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great like, deal for them. Again, Lions originally wanted like two firsts or something like that. They wanted something absurdly high. I knew they were going to drop their price down, but I didn't think they were going to drop it this much. I think he was worth oh. at least a first round pick. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was also um one more trade I wanted us to discuss. It's probably the most lopsided trade this year. Oh, there were like three lopsided trades, dude. I want to talk about all of them. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you take the lead on it. Are we both thinking about the DeAndre Hopkins one yes. first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill O'Brien, I can guarantee, is just standing in front of the mirror right now thinking about how smart of a front office executive he is after doing that trade. But that's so bad. Like, even, that might be one of the worst trades of history. If, okay, bad. so all right, so the trade itself was <laughs> Cardinals acquire DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. Okay, and yep. the Texans get from the Cardinals David Johnson in a second round pick. What? <laughs> Even when David Johnson was at his peak three years ago, this trade would have been questionable because running backs, aside from Frank Gore, do not have a long shelf life in the NFL. Right. It's like by the time a running back gets their second contract, a.k.a. not their rookie contract, that's when the wheels start to fall off, especially if they're like, you know, the bell cow back doing like 300 plus Whoa. touches a year. He only had literally one amazing year. Like, he, he had a good year, an amazing year, and he's been average to below average since then. Yeah, he's like, he got like a knee injury or something like that, and then it's like he's never recovered from that. If you're a running back yeah. and something happens to your knees, you're screwed. Yeah. Like, we're seeing that with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had one of the best years for a running back ever, and now he has arthritis in his knees. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what the Texans are looking at here. I mean, I guess the Texans have, like, a starting running back now, but I would have just grabbed someone from the draft because there's a lot of good running backs in the draft. There's also a lot of good wide receivers in the draft. But DeAndre Hopkins is already the best receiver in the NFL, or at least top three. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so so this, is, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's going to be a scary offense to play against. Yeah, what other like, did you have to did you think about? Oh, one of the other ones was... Falcons acquire tight end Hayden Hurst from the Ravens for a second round pick, plus a swap of fourth and fifth rounders. But it's really Hayden Hurst for a second round pick. Right. <laughs> so, so, so the Ravens in 2018 they drafted Hayden Hurst in the first round because right. he was 24, and they were like, "Oh, he's immediately NFL ready. He's immediately going to be a franchise tight end." That didn't happen. The Falcons, as we know, just lost their tight end to the Browns, so they need a replacement. So they sent the Ravens a second-round pick for this guy who couldn't even be the starter for the Ravens. Yikes. Yeah. What else you got? Because I haven't really been keeping up, so... Do you know Calais Campbell? Yeah. The Ravens got him from the Jaguars for a fifth-round pick. Right, okay. How... This dude's made five Pro Bowls the past six years, and it's like he's an absolute monster on the interior. Like, this guy puts up, like, at least six sacks a year, and he's 33. He's 33, and he's not slowing down. This guy's, like, six foot eight, and like no one can stop uh, him. I think, I think that's a good play, though. I think when you can dump eight, you do it. They, they could have gotten more for him than a fifth-round pick, though. I think the other one I wanted to bring up, I, I didn't actually see what it was for. I, I, I did, but I didn't, like, look into it deeply. Stefan Diggs, so that's a pretty interesting move, too, for the Vikings. 
Oh, yeah. So, this is what the DeAndre Hopkins trade, at the very least, should have looked like. Right, this wasn't a lopsided one. This is a good trade. I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, I gave both teams an A on this. The Bills got Stefan Diggs and a seventh rounder from the Vikings for a first round pick, number 22 overall, fifth round, sixth round pick in 2020, and a 2021 fourth. Right, okay. So, Stefan Diggs obviously wanted to get out of Minnesota. He didn't want to be there. He didn't like her cousins. He didn't get the ball enough. So now he's going to the Bills. Where he's going to get overthrown every game. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he's a good runner. Yeah. But hey, at least the Bills... I mean, the Bills have a number one receiver now. That is true. You know, I mean, John Brown, He's he, he was a good receiver this year. But he's just a he's just a straight-line guy. He's just really fast. He's, he's not he's a true number a, one. Yeah, I think he's more of a threat like in the red zone play. He's a good possession guy. I don't think he's more... He's not yeah. really a burner. And he's not a star anymore. Yeah. Yeah, John Brown, he's uh he's just a guy that takes the top off the defense, but you can't have those yeah. kind of guys as your number one number one unless if they're A, a really good route runner, or B just a freak athlete. Right. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see what stuff on things. I think that'll be an interesting little play in Buffalo. The other one that I could remember is uh the Drill Casey trade. I didn't even see that one, yeah. So Drill Casey has for a while now been the best defensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans. The Broncos, who are defensively loaded, traded for him for a seventh round pick. Right. How the hell? <laughs> this isn't even fair. The Broncos, like, they already have too many good defensive players. Now they're getting another one. And just for a seventh, like, just for a seventh round pick. It's definitely a good little pickup for them. I didn't even see that one, honestly. Yeah, so I I think the Broncos run a 3-4. So it's like it's going to be Drill Casey in the middle, and then we're going to have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the outside. That is that, pretty scary. That's going to be scary. And it's like whoever – like I don't know who their nose tackle was last year, but whoever that is, he's just going to be in the rotation. So it's yeah, like – <laughs> that, That's going to like – that, that, that's going to be nuts. That, that, that line's going to be hard to stop. You're going to need to like, throw the ball in like one second each snap. Before we move off the NFL, I had one more thing I wanted to say. RIP to the 2015 first-round picks. Of course, Marcus Mariota. And, is it 2015, Mariota and Jameis Winston? Yeah. Okay, they both obviously switched teams. Mariota's going to the Chiefs, right? He's going to the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders, that's right. And Winston's going to... We don't know yet. Okay. But we know he's moving on, obviously. I don't, I'd assume so, at least. <laughs> yeah, I don't see them bringing him back. Unless if they want him to be tutored by Brady. But Winston <laughs> thinks he's a starter, so that's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Another trade that happened, the Bears got Nick Foles for a fourth-round pick. Which is dumb, which is basically saying which Trubisky's a failure. Well, I mean, he is, he is, but... Yeah. I mean, at least with Nick Foles, he won't be turning over the ball every snap. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like, I think the Bears just need like a game manager at quarterback for now before they could get a good player. Because Mitch Trubisky, he's just a turnover machine. True. Do you mind if I pivot this off the NFL or do you have anything else you want to add? There were a couple signings I wanted to get into. I go, you can run down the list. All right, Saints just got Emmanuel Sanders yesterday. So they finally have a number two wide receiver after what seems like forever. The Falcons just got Todd Gurley for a year. Well, that's interesting. Cowboys got Haha Clinton Dix for a year. That's a good one. I like that one, yeah. Yeah, he's he's such a good safety. He's only 27. I don't know how he didn't get like a long-term deal, but I mean, hey, good to the Cowboys. 
Chargers signed cornerback Chris Harris. So that's going to be nuts because he's one of the best corners in the NFL. Saints got Malcolm Jenkins back after he left the Eagles. Cowboys signed defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. If you remember him, he used to be a really good tackle with the Buccaneers. Raiders signed Jason Wynn. I don't know why, but they did. Titans got Vic Beasley. Dolphins got running back Jordan Howard. Oh, yeah, forgot about this one. Panthers got Teddy Bridgewater. Mm, that, that, I mean, I don't really see that being a big play. I, I'm a little confused with that one because they wanted to move on from Cam Newton. He was injury-prone, but they're moving on from an injury-prone franchise quarterback to an injury-prone franchise quarterback. No, he's not even franchise. He's just good, but he's not he's super right. good. So I, I, don't, I don't think this move really makes that much sense, but I guess we'll see. Texans got Randall Cobb, so I guess he's their number one receiver now. <laughs> Cowboys were signed to Mari Cooper, five years, hundred million. That's a lot for a wide receiver, but I guess we'll see. Lions got Jamie Collins. Dolphins got Cal Van Noy. Dolphins got Byron Jones. I think this was a terrible signing. So Byron Jones was like the crown jewel of for corners, I guess. Even though this guy's only ever had two picks in his career. And the Dolphins made him the highest-paid corner in the NFL, so I don't know. Yeah, I have literally zero opinion on these because I, I, like I, said, I haven't really been keeping up. So, do you know DeForest Buckner from the 49ers? Yeah, he got traded to the Colts for the 13th overall pick. Yeah, I remember. He, I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. Yeah, it's a good trade for both sides. The Niners couldn't keep Buckner because they re-signed Armstead. I mean, they just gave his replacement in the draft, and the Colts have a really good defensive tackle now. By the way, you can also check out all these signings on DaftPix.com. We have an NFL running friend signer and tracker for the offseason that Parker has lovingly crafted. Yeah, we're trying to keep track on just about all the signings. It's pretty substantial. And the last one I wanted to touch on was Ryan Tannehill. First day of free agency, the Titans re-signed him. Four years, $118 million, 62 guaranteed. What Yikes. What do you think? Terrible. Terrible. I like quarterback. Yeah. Okay, I agree. He's a game manager. He's a good quarterback, but he's not great. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not worth franchise quarterback money. And especially because yeah, in the playoffs, they, he didn't do anything. He didn't need to do anything. Somebody. This is going to be a disaster because they're going to be giving a lot of money to their running back. And I feel like I have to say this time and time again. Do not re-sign your running back to... A ludicrous deal because more often than not, they're going to get injured. They're going to get a knee injury or something like that. And then they're going to suck and they're going to be stuck with a huge cap hit for five years. Well, we'll see. I mean, Derek Henry's pretty good. Derek, I'm, I'm not too worried about Yeah, him. but he's, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't agree with big money contracts to running backs. They just don't last long enough to do it outside of their rookie contract. And even then, sometimes they don't make it. Like we saw that with Jay Ajayi. We'll definitely see. I mean, uh, it's it's been an interesting offseason so far. There's more to come with the drafts and, and you know, once the OTAs pick up too, we we'll get to see all these guys do. Switching gears a little bit, as with every other sport that isn't the NFL, everything else has been on pause. There's been that, some rumors that, about even the XFL play. stopped. Yeah, thankfully, I was paying for that. The thing I've been seeing is the NHL might have a new playoff format this year. Did you did you hear about this? No. So one thing that was floated on Elliot Freeman's podcast, Thirty One Thought, was the possibility of. Now he he floated this idea. I don't. I can't remember if he said there's any validity to it, but it was basically start the season over, 
have playoffs in like July or August, have the playoff not over, but start the season, like pick it back up where you, you left off in July or August, finish it off in November with playoffs in December, and then go into your Christmas break, roll that over until like middle, late January, and start a brand new season and play it out like normally would next next year, and basically have a shortened season like you would with a lockout, which I think that's a good idea. The actual idea that's been floated is a basically using the 70-point mark as a cutoff for teams, which would give us 12 in each conference, a 2014 playoff, and you play into July. Which one do you like better? Do you like either one of them, first of all? I mean, I guess, because, like, there really isn't that many options you could go with right now. I mean, the second one would be easier to implement, but that's also a huge playoff. It is. But at the same time, that allows all of the like playoff teams that are like on like the they're on like the cusp could do it because like we know with the metro there's like five it feels like five teams battling. Just get rid of the Atlantic. Get rid of the Atlantic and just give the whole (laughs) metro teams a pass. Yeah, I guess. I mean, mean, even Um, the Panthers are like clawing their way to something. Last time I checked. Yeah, they were close. Another interesting thing is like. They might, they're going to have to push the draft lottery and the draft, which, you know what would make this a lot easier is if the NHL was normal and had their draft like every other league where it was whatever position you finish in is where your draft pick is. I think it rid of the lottery. That would make things so much easier. I mean, the whole reason and, why they have the lottery is to stop teams from tanking, but even then, teams that are really bad still have the highest chance to get the first overall pick. Unless if you're the, the Edmonton Oilers, then you seem to get every other year. And can we just give a quick shout-out to the teams who don't understand how to do the right thing? The two teams that I can recall, actually three teams in the NHL, that just really screwed up with PR are the Buffalo Sabres, the Calgary Flames, and the Boston Bruins. And real real quickly, I'm going to yell. The Boston Bruins were the last team to commit to giving their employees pay if the games are canceled, with the stipulation that the games have to be canceled, not rescheduled. So that's already pretty bad. It took Jeremy Jacobs literally the entirety of the past month to get that figured out. The Calgary Flames, after all that shenanigans with the new arena and fighting with the mayor, they finally gave in and committed to paying their players. And Buffalo Sabres, they literally laid off their entire staff, but they won't promise giving them back their jobs. Like A lot of these teams are saying, like, hey, we're laying you off for now. Obviously, that's fair. But the Bagulas refused to say, hey, yeah, you'll have your job when you come back. Like, do you know how bad you have to be to do that? Well, that sounds like they're going to replace most of the people they fired with people they don't have to pay as much. Exactly. So stupid. It's like, these team owners have net worths in the billions. Not all of them, but quite a bit. How hard is it for you to be a decent human being? These people aren't making that much money. You're paying them anyways. So it's like paying them because of this whole thing that's going on it's not even a like a drop in the bucket for they them. wouldn't even notice it they wouldn't even notice it's it. it's like you don't have the luxury to be a penny pincher when these people don't even have pennies right like that it's just so boggles stupid. my mind yeah no it's it's definitely crazy honestly i gotta say it's been an interesting time trying to get sports news out because there really isn't much Obviously, there's been a few confirmed cases of, like, of COVID in the NHL. I know a couple of the Ottawa Senators players had it. Sean Payton got in the NFL. Yeah, I know there's a, there's a couple of Yankees minor leaguers who had it. So, so far, not too bad, but we'll see. It's, it's definitely made recording this show a little bit harder, too. Obviously, we took our break. 
for a week there. Two weeks? Two weeks. So going forward, we're going to try to put out as much news as we can. Of course, shows are going to be a little bit shorter because we don't have much to talk about. The NFL is really our saving grace at this moment. And unless the NHL or MLB pick back up, it's going to be pretty tough to uh, get anything newsworthy out there. So in the meantime, we urge you guys to, if you want to keep up with us, uh, daftpicks.com. Like I said, Parker's going to be having a running list of free agents. I plan to be doing an NHL draft preview, as well as if the MLB does pick back up spring training, what they're saying, which is in about a month, I'll have a preseason preview for all the teams. Anything else you wanted to add before we go today? Yeah, speaking of written material, I have a few little projects that I'm working on. Um, I originally had grading of the head coaching hires ready to go, but I wanted to hold off <laughs> on that until after free agency to sort of see, yeah. like to get like That's a better fair. idea of how to do it. So that way, like the grading could be a bit more accurate. I'm also okay. going to be doing a mock draft for the NFL the closer we get to the draft. And then I'll also at some point be doing an NFL season preview for all the teams. On the socials, we'll also have our NFL draft preview, like for all the people that we usually do it for as well. We'll get a couple of our opinions for like the top 10 or whatever it is, see how well we do. Yeah, then obviously when the draft happens, we'll be doing like a live coverage for it on our socials. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And just one more little announcement before we go. Obviously, due to the fact that there will not be baseball for at least a month, Daffix is canceling the Ducks on the podcast for this year. We might try to do something a little bit closer to playoffs, maybe like rescheduling per se. But as of now, that'll be canceled. And unfortunately, we'll also be canceling our live draft preview that we do every year too. So the, the Daffix NHL draft party is officially canceled, unfortunately. Yeah, know, we, uh, yeah we got to practice social distancing. We kind of thought about doing it online, but it, it's not the same. Like, it's not as good. Right, I so mean, it's like, and also, you can hear our, our quality today, I mean, it's pretty tough to record. We're going to we're gonna continue to record remotely until at the very earliest, probably June, if everything goes according to the plan. You listen, we appreciate it. Thank you for going through our technical difficulties. And like I said, keep an eye on the website and on socials. If anything does change, we'll definitely uh, let everyone know. But for now, uh, keep it locked.